Welcome back to Podcast 50 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Circa Sports. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. These contests have two ways to win and no rake. The Circa Sports Million has quarterly payouts and 100% payback. Play Circus Survivor and select one team each week with no point spread, taking the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere, visit CircusSports.com. If you'd like to help us out and support the Oddsbreakers, we'd love to help you out. Please visit TheOddsBreakers.com, click shop and become a member and pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on Patreon.com and if nothing else, Please visit the Ozbreakers and become a Free Picks newsletter subscriber. Speaking of Free Picks, we finally created a better way to get you those Free Picks. And even for our premium customers, we set this up as well. We're going to use the Telegram app in conjunction with our website. So when a play is made in the appropriate category, it sends an alert out via telegram and i and if you know about telegram you can get notifications right to your phone the minute the play actually gets sent out there's no limitations with email they have to straddle it some otherwise it will just start going to spam folders and email hosts will start looking at your site as a spam site well this way you can actually get the plays right to your phone as they're made as it's more and more important to get these plays right when the lines move. We had to make another adjustment. So literally, you can log into the website to see plays. You can get them sent to your email still. You can also put an alert from your email via text message. And now you can even use the Telegram to get that play as soon as possible. If you're a premium subscriber, there is a Telegram channel made for you all you have to do is check your email because we sent emails out to all the premium subscribers to the certain handicappers with that set up so make sure if you're a premium customer you do that but if you're just a free customer being that we just set this up please go to the website and look for the value information on the very front page where it shows the telegram app just Download it or add the channel by clicking on the article. It's really that simple. You know, more and more, I preach that it's just so important to have line value so you have options later in the week. Massively important. And that's what we specialize in. The best handicappers get the closing line value over time. Can't stress this enough. It's the main reason why we do things on membership. It's about membership and when these lines are played. Time is of the essence, so we made that improvement to our site before the huge 2022 college and NFL football seasons. Speaking of the football season, I had a great week last week. Went 4-1 in NFL preseason plays. 
Made up for that bad Jacksonville play I made the week before, before the information came out on pretty much the whole group of Jacksonville starters, including some of the second string. Didn't even play that day. Obviously had to ride with it, but we are 4-2 and two in preseason, and these coaching motivation spots matter. And I'm a little upset about that because there's been a lot of disinformation in the marketplace from podcasts and people that are somewhat renowned in the Las Vegas area, actually in the whole United States, that have went against that narrative. They're saying that the preseason, now that there's three games, how are we going to quantify all that? Well, that's what I did and went to work on all summer on how to combine weeks two and three in the preseason to show you kind of where those coaches and their motivation lies, you know? And that's what frustrates me because people are saying that it's harder to gauge the coach's motivation. Well, not necessarily. Now, sample size is always a question, but there are winning coaches out there that you want to be on, and then there's coaches you want to fade, and there's also coaches that will want to win early week one and there's coaches that will want to win and use their dress rehearsal for the NFL very late some of them actually want to win in the middle and we already made a play for our premium subscribers that found that information so it's a little frustrating to me that people are kind of shooting down the whole motivation angle lately when it has been absolutely killing it and I've been using it as my number one source of handicapping the preseason with all things held equal. Now, when I say with all things held equal, it means the obvious information, like if your people are sitting or if people are starting beat writers, news, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, that trumps everything because it always does in every sport. You know, I mean, if you don't know that getting the information on the team and who's playing isn't the most important thing, not only in NFL regular season, but NFL preseason, college football, or pretty much any sport, then you are probably in the wrong business. That trumps everything, but that should be a go. I shouldn't even have to say that. But when everything else is held equal, coaching motivation is proven over and over to win these bets. And that's why we had a four in one week in the NFL. So if you're looking at power ratings, if you're looking at history of how these teams match up against each other, if you look at their against the spread record and not looking at coaching motivation, you're absolutely doing it wrong. All right, my friends, we have a great show for you today. Michael Fordham from the oddsbreakers.com is going to come on and talk some college football. Michael had a great season with the oddsbreakers last year. Very sharp mind. Very excited to see some of his takes and his nuggets for the college football season. And we're going to touch on college football week zero as well. After that, we're going to go right back into fantasy positional rankings, finish up quarterbacks, tight ends, and defense with our guy, D Nasty. But before we get to that, I'm going to give you a preseason play that I made pretty early as the lines were coming out this morning. The line's kind of been going back and forth past the zero. Right now it's sitting at New England plus two. 
We're going to take the Patriots plus two for two stars against Carolina. And here's the situation with this game. Belichick is a very good preseason coach. A lot of people don't understand that. And everybody in their narrative right now is thinking, well, Carolina's got the quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Throw in Matt Corral while you're at it over there, actually. And you might as well throw in P.J. Walker. In my opinion, we don't know how much Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield is going to play this game. But what I do know is he's going to give P.J. Walker and Matt Corral a chance to make this team as well. As a matter of fact, Matt Corral was a pretty high draft pick. I think he was in the third round, third or fourth round. So that's not someone they want to give up on. He only completed one pass for nine attempts. P.J. Walker was 10 for 19. So in my opinion, I think Baker Mayfield was brought on to start being how poor Sam Darnold was last year. But the question's going to be, who's going to be the second string and maybe the practice squad quarterback? And that's going to be between all three of these guys, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to quite dump Sam Darnold right now. But I don't think Sam Darnold is all that good of a quarterback myself. And the thing about Matt Rule is that he's this preseason game that he just won, that was the first one he's actually ever won, right? Right now, sorry, this was the second one he's ever won. He went 1-2 and two last year and 1-0 and oh this year. So basically, Matt Rule, 0-1 oh in the middle weeks last year, which was the third week, right? Because he just started. There's no preseason in 2020. And he has an average preseason record, let's just say. But what we have with New England is a very competitive coach. Bill Belichick is 15-8 and eight the first week, 25-17 and 17 the second week, which is almost as impressive as his first week. And he's only 9-12 and 12 in the final weeks. So the middle weeks, he seems to do more of a dress rehearsal with his team rather than the final weeks. Belichick almost won that Giants game where the Giants seemed a lot more motivated at home just because of the strength of his second team. You know, he's going to be giving his guys some chances for sure at quarterback, but you're probably going to see some Bailey Zapp, you're going to see, or Zappy. You're going to see some Hoyer who has been very good in the preseason in the past duke it out a little bit, and who knows, you might even see some Mac Jones do his dress rehearsal a little bit this week based upon Belichick's past. So I think right now, under the three, it's great to grab the Patriots. I don't think this gets to the Carolina minus three. Maybe it does, but I'm going to take the Patriots right now on the money line to win or take them at the plus two, whatever number you can get, and that is my play for two stars. But they are who we thought they were. All right, without further ado, let's bring in our first guest, Mr. Michael Fordham. Now I'm very happy to welcome back one of our very own handicappers, Mr. Michael Fordham at Fordham Betting. You can check out his great stuff at theoddsbreakers.com. Michael, how you doing, man? College football, I smell it, my friend. Oh, it's back. It's back. Still hot outside, so I want to get a little bit cooler, but no, football's back. It's been a fun month just getting ready for the season. Uh, it's good to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's great having you back, man. Um, 
it's hot, but that's what we expect. And uh, I think to be, I, I mean, we're, we're in the Southern states, obviously, but uh, I, I hate to be in the most humid state, which is like Florida, Georgia, that, that type of area. Oh, forget that. Man. Being in Houston, I, I, I'd, I'd put us up against anybody though. It's humid out here. <laughs> My brother lives there, actually. I agree. Yeah, maybe Houston is a little close to the ocean. You're right. A little, a little uh, hurricane action coming in. Hopefully not. Yeah, but, hopefully uh, not. <laughs> that's been always been a problem. Are you still at UT? I am. I am still at UT. Senior year. Awesome, man. Great stuff. Let me shut this off real quick. And... I'm ready to get into some college football, man. You, so why don't you tell us a little bit what you've been doing all summer? So, you know, it's been busy with baseball. Just kind of been on that everyday grind this summer. I've also started doing some YouTube content, though. Uh, we, I did a quarterback tier ranking kind of series. Uh, I went conference by conference. So I did that for all the Power 5 conferences. Uh, and then I've just kind of done full preview videos on YouTube as well. Uh, I've tried to incorporate, incorporate some highlights uh, and just kind of some visual effects that, that make it a little bit easier to watch. Uh, and hopefully people can take away some from that. I'm actually uh, finishing up the SEC one right now, uh, and then you know, really, it's just kind of all we're we're all going to be focused on you know game breakdown. So, uh, like I said, can't believe we're already here. Yeah, I know, man, it's crazy. And I've been working over the summer on it all pretty much since well, I would say May or June. So, and then the books come out and the magazines come out, making it fun and giving me some extra information. So, I'm always adjusting my power ratings, and you know how that goes, man. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely. It's, Non-stop. Uh, it's a fun thing, little exercise that we always love to do. Well, let's get into it then, my man. Um, so why don't we start with the American Athletic Conference? Um, I, just to be honest, I don't have a ton going on in that conference. I know last week we had some guests on. Uh, Felica gave away a couple plays in that, and same with Ralph Michaels. What are, your, what are your thoughts in the American Athletic Conference so far? Well, obviously it's been dominated by Cincinnati here these past few years. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati's got some big losses to account for, though. I mean, you obviously lose Desmond Ritter. I mean, I, I wouldn't say he was an elite quarterback, uh, but, I mean, it's still a guy who has a lot of experience, led them to the playoff last year. Uh, I know they got Ben Bryant from, I believe, Eastern Michigan. Um, but, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to replace that level of production. But, I mean, maybe even more importantly, I mean, they had Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant uh, in their secondary. Two huge losses there. Um, so, I mean, they go to Arkansas week one. I have a hard time seeing them pull off the upset in that game. I think the gap kind of has closed in the conference a little bit. You know, I got to be honest, I, I haven't done any, I haven't, you know, locked in any season win totals for the American yet. Uh, but, you know, teams like Houston, uh, obviously, uh, I, I think UCF will be an interesting team. Uh, but maybe even teams like Memphis, you know, could start making some noise in this conference. Uh, I think it'll be, it's going to be an adjustment year for Luke Fickle. Yeah, it's interesting to me, you know, and I almost think that just taking the, uh, if you're looking at a future, Memphis or, or sorry, uh, Cincinnati or Houston, they're just, the price is bad on them nowadays. Right. I don't like the plus 240 and Houston plus 180. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see if one of those sneaky ones come up like uh, Memphis, like you said. Um, I think uh, there's going to be some overrated teams coming in and Houston might be one of those, um, kind of like them in uh, their early week and maybe we'll get to that. But uh, as far as some of the other teams coming in, um, there's some sneaky ones every year. I mean, remember one year Tulsa came out of nowhere. It was absolutely crazy. Oh, East, yeah. Carolina, East Carolina looks formidable too. Um, they got a fifth year quarterback too. <laughs> they got a guy that's like, uh, 
probably like 25 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name offhand. Uh, Holton Aylers, I believe. Holton Aylers, yeah, there it is. Yeah, he was, a good, he was a money maker for me last year. So um, I, I did, I did take them over their six and a half points. Actually, I think I took them at plus money, and um, that's one team. I, I, so I did make that play um, since our the the show last week. So we'll we'll go with that one. What about the ACC, Michael? Um, Lots of uh, changes with Clemson, uh, North Carolina, a little bit more of a down year. Pittsburgh won it, kind of came out of nowhere. People were not high on Pittsburgh. And then, whoo, is that possible to repeat? Who knows? My, uh, Miami and North NC State seem to be the, the the teams that the betters are on. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I did make a few bets in the ACC. Just one thing I want to bring up. I don't know if you saw this, but North Carolina starting running back, uh, British Brooks, looks like he's out for the year. Uh, so if, if y'all take notes on things like that, that's something to account for. You know, I actually took NC State to win this conference. Got it over eight to one. I believe it was plus eight thirty. Uh, I think they're just just a complete team. I, I love what they have at all three levels defensively. Uh, I rate Devin Leary as the best quarterback preseason uh, in the ACC. Uh, I, I think they got to get the run game going a little bit. Uh, I think that's been a little bit of a struggle just to find some balance offensively. But I, I like them on the offensive line, even despite losing a guy last year who's a first round pick and I really like what they have on the outside I mean my hot take in this conference is that I, I think North Carolina State goes into Death Valley and beats Clemson outright I, I really do I think they're the better team I I, I think at some point this year I mean Dabo Sweeney's gonna have to find uh, something else in the quarterback room I mean it's not like DJ Uyunglele just had a bad week or a bad few games I mean he, he was terrible all year um, and yeah guys can get better but I mean, his numbers just kind of speak for themselves. Uh, obviously, Dabo didn't feel great about uh, the depth in that room last year, but bringing in a five-star like Cade Klubnik, uh, actually from Austin, Texas, uh, I, I don't think I don't think DJ Uyngalele is going to have that same leash that he did last year. Uh, so I did roll with NC State uh, to win the ACC. Got it over eight to one. Uh, you know, I'll just go over my. I made two uh, season win total bets as well. I took Virginia under the seven and a half. Uh, I, I think that's a team. Obviously, they're going to have a really good passing game, but I think people are going to kind of fixate on that uh, and kind of neglect that they're really bad up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, I mean, th they're going to be re relying on two FCS transfers on their offensive line to kind of elevate that room. And then I think they're they're really bad in the secondary as well. I mean, they might not make a bowl game, in my opinion. Uh, and but I, I'm also high on uh, Florida State. Played them over the six and a half. If Jordan Travis can stay healthy, I mean, he was a uh, five and two as their starter last year, and they were zero and five without him. A true dual threat guy, uh, and, and now with just one more year in the system, I think he kind of takes that next step this year. They can run the football. I, I like what they have up front on both sides of the ball, so I played them over the six and a half wins as well. Nice. I mean, I also like the fact. Well, I don't like what happened to Sam Hartman. I mean, from a betting standpoint. It's our bit. It's our business to have to react to this, and so it, it kind of takes them out of the equation a little bit, you know. And um, it, it's Is probably going to be out for the year. We don't know yet. Okay, um, this, this could be all it's a smokescreen, and finds two doctors to clear them. Who knows what's going to happen? But obviously, that's locked in a lot of books right there. Um, yeah, I, I took I took NC State Miami. I have no disagreement there. The problem with Clemson is now they benefit even more because you know they do get nc state at home and they were going to wake forest 
I was kind of hoping for a loss at Wake Forest for Clemson. So unfortunately, that almost hurts my ticket a little bit more. But um, I wonder if it, it doesn't look like people are looking at it like that because you have better line value than what's at right now, seven, seven and a half to one. One thing I'll say real quick, too. I know Miami is a team with a lot of hype. Uh, I, once again, they, they've got a pretty, uh, overvalued quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. He had a pretty good, uh, end of the last season, but I mean, Mario Cristobal was brought in there for a reason. I mean, they, they were, you know, pretty poor defensively under Manny Diaz still think they got some concerns up front. So I personally, I, I, I just think Miami's probably a few years away from being a, a top level ACC team. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you too. Um, I, I mean, I like, I do like them in that side though, because everybody on that side seems to not be that good. I mean, if you look at Miami's schedule, it's just really set up well for them. And I'm trying to find it right now. Okay, so Miami, it's going to come down to the game against Pitt at the end. And yes, they have to go to Clemson. Unfortunately, they do get Florida State at home. But they do avoid NC State. They avoid Wake Forest. They avoid uh, Boston College. Uh, I'm not too worried about at Virginia Tech. They get Duke, you know, um, at Georgia Tech. Not worried at all about that. So it just seems like their schedule makes it really easy for them. So I got cute and, and I took both. And I'm hoping, like, we'll, we'll get that ACC championship of uh, NC State Miami. So. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. Pittsburgh lost Whipple too. You know the offensive coordinator. They're going to be a completely new look team. I mean, I, Pat Narduzzi before last year was like such a ugly offensive type of coach. It's going to go right back to that now that Whipple's gone. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, did you think Narduzzi learned anything? I don't think he paid attention to the offense. Yeah, his age, he's probably not. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a a different pit team, but we'll see how uh, they adjust. I, you know, there, there's a chance, I guess. That the new guy coming up here, uh, I think it's Frank Signetti. Yeah, he could, he could actually, I guess, maybe take some of Whipple's best practices. What are your thoughts about that? I I've kind of always thought of him as more of a run first guy, um, but you are getting a guy like Keaton Slovis, who's coming from an air raid system. Uh, personally, I think it's kind of a weird fit, uh, and you know, I'm not really all that high on Slovis. Uh, but with that being said, I. I, I think the way Pitt can survive is just, I mean, they were second in the country in sacks last year, uh, and I, I like their offensive line too. I, I just think that they're going to beat teams like Virginia, like I said, who are just so poor up front. I think they're going to beat a lot of these teams just by what they have in the trenches alone. Yeah, I think pound them to death, and uh, the defense should be there. So those right. teams, so it's kind of like going to be one of those situations where you want to take them when they're a favorite against some of these bad teams maybe because they're Correct. just going to pound them into submission. It's a good way of looking at. Let's We're going to find out a lot about them too uh, in that in that week one game against West Virginia. I, I'm really excited to watch that game. That's a great test game, isn't it? Thursday night too. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah! Wow, it's, it's a September first game, first one of the first games of week one. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this matchup as well. I think uh, I think it's going to be a one heck of one. Let's move on to the Big Twelve, my man. Why don't you let us know what you like or dislike there? Uh, so obviously y'all know, I, I do go to Texas. I've grown up a Texas fan my whole life. I'm really not biased about this, but I, I really just don't see it with this Oklahoma team. Uh, it was obviously a very eventful off off season, uh, losing Lincoln Riley, uh, ha having kind of a max exodus in the transfer portal. Uh, I do like what they brought in at quarterback with Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I, I power rate him as the best quarterback here in the big 12, but some of the, the difference makers that they've had over the past five or six years, 
they just don't have that. I mean, I, I don't think they have a true go-to receiver right now. I mean, maybe maybe Marvin Mims can be that guy. I don't think they have a you know game-changing running back. You know, I, I worry about them a little bit up front on the offensive line. Uh, and then I, I just think defense. Uh, it's really hard for first-year coaches. And this is the thing about Oklahoma, too. It's not just a new coach. Like, when, when Lincoln Riley took over for Bob Stoops, I mean, he inherited a really good program. Uh, I mean, Brent Venables is trying to come in and completely change what Oklahoma's identity is. I mean, he's trying to take a really kind of a uh, offense first team and kind of mold his defensive uh, beliefs into it. So I, I do think there's a little bit of an adjustment period there. Uh, I did play there under nine and a half, by the way. Um, I just think there's so much parity in this conference. I, I think that gap is closed. Some of these road games that, that they're going to play that, I mean, like at Iowa State, at West Virginia, uh, I mean, obviously they play Texas in the neutral site game at Nebraska. Some of those games in past years, you might have said, oh, well, they're just going to out-talent them. Well, I, I don't think they have that luxury this year. Uh, so I, I do think there's three or more losses on that schedule. Um, I kind of alluded to it already. Well, one team I'm pretty high on uh, is West Virginia. Uh, I, I, it kind of felt similar. Last year, I played Kansas State over the five and a half, felt like that was too low, uh, and, and that cashed pretty easily. Um, yeah. I think JT Daniels is such an upgrade at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, Jared Dagey was just a, a, a noodle arm. I mean, now you're getting a guy in JT Daniels, former five-star. Uh, he's got the arm talent. And, you know, in my opinion, probably would have won the national championship if he didn't get hurt last year at Georgia. So I think that's a huge uh, upgrade in that room. Uh, and, you know, personally, I like what Neil Brown has done at West Virginia. They've always been solid defensively. And, and now he brings in Graham Harrell to kind of, uh, figure out the offense a little bit. You know, I, I'm, I'm not asking them to go win the Big 12. I'm asking them to win six games. So uh, I, I did play that over five and a half as well. Oh, nice, nice. All right. Well, hey, you know, I, I'm with you on Oklahoma. I bet them under the nine and a half. I did that right away. That was probably the first, that was the first season win total bet I made. I thought that you cannot change a culture that quick. It got really messy. And obviously with Gundy, all the horrible stuff going on there with, you know, just the team camaraderie changes right. when that happens. I just, it, it was a situation that I thought was easy to take them under, especially when you have an improved big 12 in a very volatile big 12, you know, yeah. you got o Oklahoma leaving Texas leaving. It's just, the other teams are just, you know, probably not so impressed with what the, what's going on there. And we don't know if Venable is a great head coach. We know he's a great, great, a very great defense coordinator, maybe the best defense coordinator over the last five years. Yeah, we, we, we saw it with Will Muschamp, great defensive coordinator, but a terrible head coach. I mean, guy, it, it's a completely different role. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I took that, and I like Kansas over two and a half because they have two cake wins. They just got to get one more. I think that's going to happen with Lance. Yeah, I mean, teams like – team. I mean, there's a lot of first-year head coaches, like a team like TCU, Texas Tech even. Uh, I You know, those teams are vulnerable to, to drop in a game to a team like Kansas, surely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I heard I'm hearing good things about Texas Tech, man. I'm, I am. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that offensive coordinator they hired uh, from Western Kentucky. I mean, I, I wouldn't even call it the air raid. I mean, he, it's like he's, he's got a joystick and he's playing NCAA football 14. <laughs> I mean, he's running four verticals every time. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that Western Kentucky offense was explosive. I, I guess the one concern for Texas Tech, I, I don't know if they have a quarterback on that roster that, that's kind of built to run that offense. Uh, but I definitely do think long-term, that was a really good hire. Yeah, yeah. And I think with, with Texas Tech, they've got a lot of connections with that new coach um, with the high schools over there is what I'm hearing. Yeah, and, so, and, 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 and uh, B. 
being from Texas, I, I can tell you I've heard that name for a long time. He's uh, I mean, he was one of the more well-respected uh, high school football coaches over the last 20 years or so. So yep. I, I, it's definitely a unique hire, but uh, I, I actually do think it'll work out. Yeah, Joey McGuire and Zach Kitley came from Sam Houston, which was, in, I believe, in the FCS before he went to Western Kentucky, I believe. And he was amazing there. And like the whole half the team moved to Western Kentucky, you know, yeah, so they were awesome. Like, receiver, okay. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, now with the quarterbacks of the NFL, you know, competing on the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. yeah. So interesting, man. No, great stuff. Uh, let's move on to the Big Ten. So what do you got in the Big Ten? And uh, if it's not Ohio State, then <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, I, I do think it will be Ohio State. Uh, I, I wouldn't advocate for playing. I mean, I, I guess maybe if you wanted to sprinkle on one of those teams in the East. Um, and, you know, personally for me, as far as a future in the Big Ten West, I mean, I, I could see four or five separate teams maybe winning that that division. I, I, I on, the, on my video, I called it uh, cannibalism. I mean, I think these teams are just going to it's just going to be so much parity uh, in that division. Um, you know, I, if I had to advocate for one. Uh, sprinkle on a conference future. I mean, maybe Minnesota, because uh, I, I do think they are getting some pretty good odds. Uh, and, you know, I do like some things about them. Uh, but I, I stuck with two win totals here in the Big Ten. I played Maryland over the five and a half. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously lots of continuity now uh, on the offensive side of the ball. You got Taulia Tagovailoa. No, he's not his older brother. I get that. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think he gets criticized for that. But he had a good year last year. I mean, he, the only bad game he really had was against Iowa. He threw five picks in that game. I mean that 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 accounted for half of his of his uh, interception total throughout the year. So uh, yeah, um, but I, I think an underrated part about Maryland is they can run the football too. I mean they had two separate guys uh, at or above five yards per carry last year. Mike Loxley's done a great job recruiting the wide receiver position. I mean Raheem Jarrett, guys like that. Uh, I, I, one more year in that program. Uh, do think they have some playmakers on the outside. And then I, I also like what they have up front. Uh, it's, it's similar to West Virginia. Like I'm not asking them to win the conference, but uh, I thought five and a half was pretty generous there. Uh, I also played Iowa over the seven and a half and I get it. They're not a sexy team, uh, but it, I call it a principal bet, but Kirk Ferentz is, is the longest tenured head coach in the country for a reason. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I loved Iowa last year and I know a lot of people talked about it, it kind of reminded me of Providence um, in basketball like it, p people just couldn't believe how they were defying some of the predictive analytics uh, obviously they had a very wide turnover margin uh, but I, I think part of that skill I mean they, they got a really good defense uh, the one thing I think about Iowa too I do think that they're gonna be able to run the football better I uh, think they'll be a little bit better up front uh, and you know it turns out Tyler Goodson uh, just wasn't as good as people thought uh, did have some young running backs look pretty good in the bowl game um, and I think one favorable matchup for them that, you know, one upset, maybe I might call is I, I do think they beat Michigan at home. I think it's week five, week five or week six. Uh, I, I think, you know, they'll probably be undefeated entering that game. I think, think they do get the job done at home. So I played over the seven and a half as well, uh, on Iowa. Wow. Iowa, man. Oh, I was a little, you know, I was a tricky team last year. You know, they, their defense was fantastic. They did lose a few guys to the draft like they do every single year, but um, that quarterback just doesn't seem that accurate over at Iowa. And uh, I'm just not sure about Spencer Petras. And there's another quarterback over there that – Alex Padilla, I think. Yeah, that's making a little bit of noise. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the problem with Iowa this year is that they go to Minnesota. They do get Wisconsin at home, which is nice. Wisconsin did beat the crap out of them last year at, in Wisconsin. Um, that game against Penn State was lucky, but I, I think the at Purdue is a little tricky. Um, now, the, the Iowa State should be a win. Nevada, South South Dakota State, those are nice 3-0. and At Rutgers should be 4-0. and Wow, if if you get that Michigan sneaky one, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I actually like. Uh, I took uh, Purdue plus five fifty and Nebraska plus three ninety to win the Big Ten West. I just and I'm a Badger fan. You you know that. I just, after seeing Mertz, I just unless he gets rid of the yips, I'm really worried about him. I'm hoping Bobby Ingram. Their new offensive coordinator changes him around a little bit, and that's possible. I'm hearing good things from camp, but you hear that all the time. You know, beat writers, they, they just pump, pump, pump. You know, they have, need something to write about. They need excitement. If they start writing bad stuff, you know, people will quit reading them. It's just the way beat writers work, man. So I, I think every – every like all four to five of these teams should be around eight-season win total, in my opinion. Um, and uh, anything under that's probably a good overplay. So I can I, just at the straight numbers, I can see Minnesota, Wisconsin, maybe not as much Minnesota, but Wisconsin, Nebraska, Purdue, and Iowa winning this thing. The problem with Minnesota is their schedule is very tough uh, at Nebraska, at Wisconsin, at Penn State, and at Michigan State. You know, they do avoid Ohio State, but that could be four L's right there. So do you worry at all about? Purdue not being able to run the ball because that was obviously a big issue for him last year. I know I, I'm really high on Aiden O'Connell, but I, I mean, at some point in that conference, it, teams are going to figure out if, if you don't have a balanced attack. I got, that's my really only concern uh, with Purdue. And I, I think once again, we're going to figure out a ton about them in that week one game against Penn State. Well, they returned three offensive linemen. King Duoru is supposedly back. He was banged up last year. Um, he's decent. And David, their philosophy hasn't been to run it. Jeff Brom has never been like that. The, the, what I'm more worried about is their defense. Yeah. And, um, you know, they lost uh, Carol Aftis and a couple other guys to the draft, which was uh, very, you know, I guess concerning. But what you do have, Michael, is you have a team that avoids Michigan and Ohio State. The rest of the guys are playing those two teams. It's probably, they could be losses there, probably L's. Those are two L's they avoid. So they just got to win a game at home against Nebraska. They got to get Iowa at home, uh, probably lose at Wisconsin. But at Minnesota is a, a coin flip game. They got screwed, I believe, last year. I think uh, they're going to be out for revenge on that game. And it's just their schedule is the reason why I like it. So okay. um, we'll see what happens with Aiden O'Connell. Um, he, he was somewhat impressive to me last year, to be honest. Oh, very, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's really efficient. I, I, I think he's over 70%, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic last year. Let's move on to Conference USA. I don't have much there. We have. I don't have any. Or I'm interested to see, I guess, one thought. Uh, I, I know Western Kentucky, obviously, they lose their offensive coordinator uh, who really kind of brought all of his guys from uh, the FCS level, like you said. Uh, I believe that it, I, last I saw their win total was at eight and a half because I was just interested to check. Uh, I, I actually saw this morning Jared Dagey, who I mentioned earlier, uh, transferred from West Virginia, and then he transferred out of Western Kentucky this morning. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious, as, I mean, because they were truly just a, a dominant offense last year, uh, but they obviously lose a lot. So I'm interested to see how, how they hold up this year. I mean, I, I, I'm really high on UTSA. I uh, think Jeff Trailer has done a good job there. So it should be interesting. 
Yeah, I like UAB until Bill Clark left. I still like them to win the conference, but um, UTSA is going to have some defensive problems, I think. Um, so that's my issue there. Let's move on to the MAC then. Did you play anything in the MAC? Uh, no, I, I, I've never handicapped the MAC. All right, return, not return of the MAC then, and we'll move on to the Mountain Whack, Mountain West Conference. Might as well throw an A in there, right? You know, I'll just tell you right now, my only play was Fresno State over eight and a half. Mm -hmm. I, I, I laid minus 125. It's at minus 140. I think Jeff Tenford's back and uh, Jake Hayner's back. And Jake Hayner was fantastic. He threw over 4,000 yards last year. I see, me, I see maybe two losses versus Oregon State and USC, but you have to remember that this team beat the Pac-12 last year. So they and they can come in and licking their chops against Lincoln Riley. Imagine how big of a program win that would be if they can get that one. But everybody else is cake. They they uh if they get past if they get past Boise State, smooth sailing. Um it, let's just say you get those three losses. They avoid Air Force, they avoid Utah State, and they get San Diego State at home. I think it's an easy play. No, I I I definitely get you on the Fresno State thing. Uh, they I, I think they take those those Pac-12 games uh very seriously because they they went and beat UCLA last year, and then I think they lost a cupcake game that next week. It was either to Hawaii or UNLV. They they lost one of those games. They had no business losing. So they clearly put a lot of stock in, in beating the big boys. Uh, I couldn't talk you off that. Um, you know, I'm interested to see Boise State this year. I mean, they, they held up nicely defensively last year, but. Uh, I mean, personally, I was really high on Hank Bachmeyer uh, coming into last year, but their offense as a whole is just pretty ineffective. Uh, it's going to be – I'm kind of in wait-and-see mode on them. Uh, obviously, with – I believe it's Andy Avalos as their head coach. Uh, it's kind of more of a defensive-minded guy. I just kind of need to see it before I believe it. Uh, I think Air Force is a team, though, that I've that I bet on a few times last year. Uh, that I, I like the way they played in the bowl game against Louisville. Uh, and, you know, I think people are really high on them this year, some people I've talked to. So I, I think that's a team you're going to have to watch out for, too. Oh, yeah. Air Force is kind of the dark horse to win it. Um, my only problem with them is, I mean, they're kind of moving a little way from the option. Um, and they got some – but I think teams are going to be a little bit more ready for some of their sneakiness, their sneaky team. But when they execute it, man, it's hard to stop because it's yeah. like you're, it, there's a one way to play the option. It leaves your it leaves your secondary susceptible to a lot of stuff. If that's not working for you, you these guys have to react quickly to, to get back on that receiver. You know, this is going to be a complete zone situation. Right. So, um, or the, you know, it's going to be really hard for them – to do that um i guess they would man up on each receiver but um they're gonna wait and they're gonna have to play back a little bit and that's gonna hurt them a little bit it's just such an interesting and intriguing thing that air force has over there man so i'm just so curious to see what happens with them but yeah it, it's really interesting how some of these these uh these triple option type teams just kind of come and go i mean i remember navy was really good like 2015 2016 like they were a 9 10 11 win team one of those years, it's funny how, you know, they, they have the exact same systems. It's, it's, I guess it's just how you recruit and just it just kind of clicks for some guys. Yeah, Zeke Daniels threw for over a thousand like yards last year, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, only at 50 percent, but that just makes them just so dangerous when you're focused on the options so much. So, but no, can't be I remember betting the uh, I bet the over in that bowl game they played against Louisville. Uh, and one of the reasons why is they will sneak up on teams and, and you know move the ball through the air vertically. Uh, I, th I think that's kind of always in their back pocket. So I, I do like that about them too. It's not like yeah. Navy who like never literally never throws the ball. 
Totally. Well, it might come down to at San Diego State at the end when San Diego State does know how to play the option. So that's really interesting. They beat them last year. Let's move on to the Pac-12 since we just ripped on them so bad. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I did the obvious, but I took this early. Utah over eight and a half. I was like, why the hell is this eight and a half? I, I, I see some really weird lines with Utah this year. Um, I, I, I did fade UC, USC under the nine and a half. So um, that could be out there still. Like dark horse to win, it's Oregon State. And I got 40 to one. So Oh, got, dang. I got 33 to one on that. But I'm right there with you. I, I, nice. I really like this. I played, I, so I sprinkled on the 33 to one. And I also played the over six and a half wins. Uh, I, I really like this team. They, they can really run the football. I think Chance Nolan is a, perfectly he kind of reminds me of Cade McNamara uh just, he's just kind of a game manager but he, he's the perfect guy for what uh for what Jonathan Smith is trying to do uh, they also get a pretty favorable schedule too um I'll say one team that I'm really low on uh, is Washington I played their under seven and a half wins uh it really just comes down to they don't have quarterback figured out uh I think they got Michael Penix uh who, who you obviously remember uh from Indiana um, I mean, he, he's below 60% throughout his career. He, he, he's never been all that great. Couldn't run the ball last year. Their offensive line was supposed to be really good, uh, and they just completely flopped. Uh, yeah, they might get better this year, but this is not going to be some sort of explosive offense. Uh, and then I, I also don't like what they have defensively either. It's, once again, a first-year head coach. Uh, they obviously had some things arise last year with Jimmy Lake. Uh, I, I thought 7.5 was way too high. Um, and then I, I, I'm really high on UCLA this year. If I had one dark horse uh, for the Heisman Trophy, it would be Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, I, I think one of the issues with him last year is got hurt middle of the year. Uh, but you saw what he could do at times. I mean, played they put up 62, I believe, on USC. He's a dual-threat guy. And one thing that you've got to remember, I mean, he, he's now going to be a, a fifth-year starter. And, you know, Chip Kelly threw him to the Wolves immediately uh, back in 2018 as, as a true freshman. And all he's done is just get better and better and better. I mean, a, a fifth-year guy, he's a huge breakout candidate in my mind. And I, I also like how they run the football with Zach Charbonnet, too. So uh, I played over uh, the eight and a half with UCLA as well. Well, that's a big number. Um, the problem with UCLA is they only returned two on defense, but it's not like their defense was that good anyway. Oh, exactly. I mean, yeah. It, it was a little bit better last year. I mean, this is going to be overs, overs, overs. Um, for almost blind bet these overs, I think, with uh, how bad this defense could look. But, yeah, you're right. Darian thompson Robinson's is going to be fantastic. And they can just keep scoring. You know, they can be like the uh, – well, I guess the Wake Forest of last year maybe a little bit. But if they have a little bit better of a defense, hopefully, than Wake did, then they could definitely compete, um, especially in the South, where I think it's volatile with the USC. No, no, probably not Utah, though, but that's why you're probably going over. Now, I'm not. Yeah. A, I, I'm probably not as low on their defense as you. I, I I think they can hold up well up front, uh, especially on the interior defensive line. But I, I, do, I definitely do get the concern. But, I mean – Contrary to popular belief, the, the Pac-12 is not filled with a ton of explosive offenses. Uh, the, there's a lot more balance than you might think. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more balance in the Pac-12 than people. I, I think that it's minus Utah. Everything's pretty close, um, in my opinion. Like, what do you think about you Oregon? I think that Oregon's just going to kind of get – they're getting kicked around a little bit. Imagine losing Mario Cristobal like that to Miami. He's got to hurt, you know, and you invested so much into him. Now, they did pick up uh, Danny Lanning as coach, but and they still have all those recruits with all that Nike money and everything. But, you know, Bo Nix, I'm not high on Bo Nix. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's good to keep him in the game. 
But I think this team is a favorite. It's going to stink. I think it's going to be one of those fade the favorite type situations. And they're just uh, always just kind of replacing players because, you know, they get the talent. They just kind of dog it like Thibodeau and he goes out to the draft, you know. So I agree. And um, one thing I do want to say about Washington is that they at least get uh, Penix's old coordinator for head coach and Kalen DeBoer. And DeBoer just did such a great time, great thing, I believe, over at Fresno State. I think he was the uh, – yeah, he was the head coach because the head coach moved on. Tedford moved back, and that's right. what I. That's for some reason in my mind. I was thinking Tedford was just there, even though I just uh, said he wasn't. So uh, Washington could be a little. I don't. I don't know about sneaky, but I do like the coach because he was he killed it at Fresno State last year. So that's that's my only pushback or worry. Let's move on to the SEC, a man which is regarded as well. I guess the best conference in football. Can't really argue against that when Georgia and Alabama's been there so much. But now you got some other strong teams sneaking up. You got your Tennessee's coming up. You can't Kentucky's going nowhere. They're looking pretty solid coming into the preseason. Um, you know, Texas A&M should be better. <laughs> they beat oh, yeah. Alabama. They beat Alabama last year, and then all of a sudden they, uh, you know, just lose to other teams. It's just, um, but the SEC's tough. I mean, what's your thoughts on the SEC? Yeah, so I, I I didn't do any futures because I think it'll be Georgia and Bama. Uh, don't think there's much value in betting that. Uh, but my season win total bets, first one, uh, I, I loved Arkansas over the seven and a half. Uh, I, I think this is a, a really good team. Obviously, went nine and four last year. You know, KJ Jefferson was one of the biggest surprises in the country for me. He's obviously a bigger dude. And, you know, with, with Kendall Bryles, uh, it, it requires a, a lot of precision and touch out of the quarterback. And he delivered. I mean, 69% completion, almost nine and a half yards per attempt, only three interceptions. I mean, uh, you, you just have to go watch that game against Alabama. I mean, they, they were able to move the ball in that Crimson Tide defense. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not only their passing game. I mean, they had five guys at or above five yards per, or excuse me, three guys at or above uh, five yards per carry last year. So it's a really balanced attack. Uh, I, I also think they got better defensively uh, in certain areas. I mean, their second level, uh, they obviously got bumper pool at linebacker, but I think one of the big transfers that, you know, I, I think people were talking about it, but Drew Sanders transferring over from Alabama. I think he's going to be an immediate impact at Arkansas. I love that pickup. Uh, and then, you know, Jalen Catalan, in my opinion, is one of the most fun guys to watch. Uh, safety who just plays at all three levels. And, and you know, Barry Odom has uh, some unique responsibilities for those safeties. But I mean, at seven and a half, uh, like I said, I, I, I don't think they have, much trouble with Cincinnati. Yeah, that game might be close, but I have a hard time seeing them lose that game week one. I mean, really, aside from Alabama, there's no other surefire loss on the schedule. I mean, I think they could beat AM. and uh, that I'll, I'll say the one thing about Arkansas, though, extremely tough schedule. I mean, they, they got to go to BYU middle of the season. That's a weird game. I mean, they probably have the hardest schedule in the country, uh, but I just love the makeup of this team. Uh, so I did play the over seven and a half. And then one team I'm not so high on is Florida. Uh, I, I just don't buy into the Anthony Richardson hype. Uh, he's just not a proven passer. And, you know, they're going to get challenged right off the bat. I mean, they play Utah and Kentucky week one, week two. Yeah, they're both at home. But, uh, I mean, talk about two tough games with a first-year head coach. You know, I, I don't particularly love the way Louisiana's offense ran uh, under Billy Napier and Rob Sale. I mean, I thought they were a team much more led by their defense. Uh, and, you know, I, I have worries about Florida running the ball. I, I don't think they're going to step up well on their offensive line. Uh, and, you know, one kind of talking about, you know, cultural issues, that team quit last year under Dan Mullen. Uh, if, if, you know, things kind of hit the fan this year, 
they're going to quit again. So I'll take my chances with the under seven. Yeah, they quit when until people found out they quit, and then they kind of played a little bit hard against. Was it? But I mean, State. they gave up like fifty to Stanford. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't give up fifty points to Stanford. I don't disagree. I don't know why that line was sitting at two for a long time against Utah. It's really scratched my head. I, Is it still under three? I I looked I looked last week. It was two and a half juice to the uh, minus one twenty. It's probably at three by now. But I took I took minus two flat. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, this line stinks. Maybe Ford is the right side, but just, I'm like, I, I I did the research. I couldn't look at, I couldn't find anything why they're, this is not a six to seven point favorite. It blew my mind. You know, it's, the, I guess it's Utah away from home. Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably that home field advantage, but I, I think like I've heard a lot of hype around Anthony Richardson. I know he's a high upside quarterback uh, and, and he's obviously a threat with his legs, but he's going to have to win games with his arms. And people, I, I think he's, people are talking as if he's a sure thing. I think he's anything but that. You know, one thing I'll say about Arkansas, they that KJ Jefferson showed something last year. And uh yeah, Kendall Bryles leading that team could be what they need. They do return four offensive linemen now. They, they you I completely agree with that schedule, but if you look at it this way, think of Alabama and LSU and Ole Miss at home. Sure, they're in Texas AM, but if they can just be great at home this year. They might be competing there. That's I, I, I totally agree. I uh, and by the, I think that A and M game is a neutral site. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, Arlington. Yeah, yeah. but that's gonna probably still have more Texas A and M things. Imagine, but maybe not. Arkansas is not far. All right. No, great stuff. Um, you know, so you told me Arkansas. I was really thinking about betting over Arkansas. So you you're really you really almost get me to the window. Yeah, I might <laughs> I might I might make a decision on that later. All right. Let's move on to the fun belt, man. Um you know, fun belt, I I took James Madison under six and a half because uh well they have eleven games, so <laughs> saw that one early. They uh, have eleven games? Yeah, they only have eleven games this year. Oh wow. So uh I was like why I think the books took a while to figure that one out. But um <laughs> Uh, you know, coming in the first year, there's going to be teams gunning for them. They're going to be like, look, we're not going to lose to the FCS team coming up. And the problem with James Madison, even though an amazing program, probably in like the top 70, even if you count them with the uh, uh, FBS, they still return not a lot of guys. They, 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 they yeah, From what I'm seeing, they lost two or three receivers. They lost a running back. They lost a quarterback from last year. And so their second guy is very, really good. I don't see anybody breaking down the doors to transfer into James Madison their first year. Anyway, so right. I don't think the transfer portal helped them so much. Anything in the front belt? I love the makeup of that Coastal Carolina team. I love their offensive system probably just more than anything. I mean, it, they kind of just run like a pseudo triple option, uh, just kind of out of the shotgun. But uh, kind of like we talked about with Air Force, they can strike deep in that passing game. Uh, and I do like Grayson McCall quite a bit. You know, I was looking at one game specifically – I think Appalachian State could win that game at home against North Carolina. I believe it's week two. Um, I, I was surprised to see Chase Bryce was back at App State. Um, I, for, I, he just seems like he's been in college football for like seven years now. Uh, but, I mean, you obviously have experience there. They were great running the football last year. That's a game that's going to be tough for UNC. I mean, it's obviously not an easy environment to play in. Uh, granted, it's a, it's a group of five school, but still, uh, I, I do think you have to watch out for App State. I mean, we saw them, you know, play uh, Miami close last year uh, and, you know, obviously be successful uh, just historically in some of those bigger games. So I, that was one more game I was looking at, but uh, I haven't locked in any season total uh, season win totals yet. 
Yeah, so that's the only one I played, I think. I'm not um, – oh, no, wait. I took Arkansas State under because how do you not fade uh, <laughs> Butch Jones, my man? Oh, my God. He's he just the worst of the worst. And I think I got a five, and I don't care who they're playing. Um, this is – he's just uh, been an absolute disappointment everywhere he's went. And I don't know how the heck he even still has a coaching job. I find it very strange that uh, Clay Helton's uh, coaching Georgia Southern as well. And um, it's just a very weird cultural fit. Yeah, going, uh, from, going from Los Angeles to like Statesboro, Georgia, uh, Georgia that's quite the culture yeah, shock. Yeah, that's what Brian Edwards said. And he's been to Statesboro a few times. So it's a different situation there, but they're going away from the uh, triple option finally. So yeah, that's probably going to be ugly. <laughs> Can't imagine it's not. <laughs> Awesome. Anything in the independence before we touch on week zero? You know, per personally, I I'm not all that high on Notre Dame. Uh, I saw them. I, were they a top five team today in the AP poll? I believe they were. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the AP yet because I, yeah, I, I, I just got a notification. I mean, I, I just I, I think this is a solid football team. I think they have a pretty high floor overall. I mean, they got guys like Michael Mayer, uh, who's probably the best tight end in the country. They got a good – I think all five starters return on the offensive line uh, or at, at least four. Um, but at the end of the day, they don't have quarterback figured out yet. I, I think Tyler Buckner is a guy that, you know, is obviously mobile. Uh, but once again, he's unproven through the air. Uh, you know, personally, I mean, I, I, I'm i leaning pretty heavily towards Ohio State minus 15 and a half I, I, in, uh, in that week one game. That is not a top five versus top five matchup in my opinion. I, I just think Notre Dame's – uh, clearly a step below a team like Ohio State. Uh, and, you know, I, I haven't played it yet, but I'm, I definitely lean towards their season one total under. It'll be, in, you know, I, I guess part of the reason uh, and one thing I'm having a hard time with uh, is, you know, by the end of the year when they play a team like USC, you know, I, I think, you know, two teams with first-year head coaches, we know how that can go. It's just kind of hard to judge some of those games for me right now. But, I mean, going up against a team like BYU, I mean, that's – anything but a surefire win i really like the makeup of that byu team uh so i, I do lean under uh, on the notre dame season win total and what was it at nine or something uh i i believe so i'll take a look here right now just so we're not giving up bs eight yeah. and a half for the over so yeah i mean minus 150 the over is practically saying nine anyway right right so there you go. Awesome, man. Great stuff. Great breakdowns on what you like and what you don't like in these conferences. Let's just take a look at week zero then. No need to go game by game, but do you have any plays that you want to throw out there that you might have already uh, taken for the very first week? And I like to say week 1A, but it's not catching on. I, don't know. <laughs> I thought it was popular enough for that to happen, but apparently not. So uh, we'll, we'll call it week zero for that and uh, anything that you uh, like coming up. I, you know, I haven't locked anything up yet. Uh, I was looking at three games specifically. I mean, starting with that Nebraska Northwestern game, you know, I, I'll be the first to say I don't have a great read on Nebraska. Uh, I'm obviously familiar with Casey Thompson uh, from last year at Texas. Uh, I, I do think he's a he's a uh, above average quarterback, but you know, he, he's not going to come in and be the savior of all Nebraska's problems. I mean, Scott Frost has still got some some work to do there, uh, but you know, I do like bringing in Mark Whipple. You know, I just kind of I guess I have a hard feel as you know. Because obviously Mark Whipple was an up-tempo guy last year at Pitt. Um, and, you know, uh, certainly Nebraska didn't run that style last year. So uh, I guess I, could, I just kind of had a harder time judging the total at 50 and a half. I remember week zero last year, I played that under in the Nebraska-Illinois game. 
you know, I, I guess with Northwestern, I, I have questions about who's playing quarterback, first of all, because if it's Ryan, if it's Ryan Holinsky, then uh, yikes. I mean, I, I think he's the worst quarterback in the Big Ten, probably. Uh, so it's probably going to have to be some of those younger guys. Uh, and, and the one thing I don't like about Northwestern, too, is, yeah, their strength is running the football, but I, I'm really high on this Nebraska run defense. I mean, I think Garrett Nelson is a guy that, that you know, could be one of the best linebackers in the country. Uh, and I think this is a Nebraska team that should be uh, pretty good against the run. So I haven't locked anything up in that game yet, but uh, I'm still I'm still trying to look at, you know, some nuances in that game. You know, I do lean Illinois in that game against Wyoming. I, I think it, we didn't talk about Illinois earlier, uh, but I, I do think they're somewhat undervalued. You know, personally, I like what I saw last year from them. I mean, they beat Penn State in Happy Valley. Uh, I believe they beat, they beat Minnesota outright as well. Uh, also beat Nebraska. Um, you know, I, I, you know, maybe this is kind of a hot take, but I, I think Tommy DeVito coming in to be their quarterback, I think that's a move that works out. I mean, Brandon Peters didn't really work out for them last year. And then they got, uh, I think, Arthur Sitkowski is still there uh, somehow. But I, I do like DeVito coming over from Syracuse. He, he never really got a fair shake there. I mean, they, they were so bad up front. I mean, couldn't protect him. Uh, this is going to be an Illinois team, though, that, uh, is obviously very run heavy. Uh, and, you know, they were top 30 in scoring defense last year. I, I just see Wyoming having a hard time to move the ball. Um, and, you know, as far as that Vanderbilt-Hawaii game uh, later that night, uh, I, I don't really have much of a feel for that game. But if you want to lay points with Vanderbilt this year, then uh, that's on you. I, I wouldn't advocate doing that personally. Well, one thing about Bielema and Illinois is that when they were underdogs, they did perform well. But um, as favorites, they did not. And uh, that's why I hate them in the spot. I actually like Wyoming in the spot. Um, I don't think Tommy DeVito is all that good. And I know he didn't get a lot of chance to throw the ball when he was over at uh, uh, Syracuse. But he's not going to get much of a chance here either because <laughs> his offensive line, they replace uh, only – they lose three guys and only keep two starters. So um, I think Illinois is going to get an ugly win because that's how they do it. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, up to 10 points. And uh, Wyoming, they're just that team that's always minus six on my power range, an average of six points lower than the zero. You know, that's just that's just what they are. And they, they'll come out firing as much as they can. And I don't know if Illinois is going to take them seriously. What I do, what worries me is Illinois did beat Nebraska last year, their very first game, if you remember. So that, yeah. was, that was a head scratch. But Nebraska just tends to beat themselves because Nebraska out there. You know, but I think it's different now that Mark Whipple's at Nebraska. And I think they're going to see a much better ops, uh, offense with Casey Thompson there. Casey Thompson wasn't that bad at Texas. Mike. No, I, I don't think so either. But he, I mean, he, he wasn't. It's one of those things where his highs were really high. But I mean, in Iowa State, I think he was two for seven for eight yards and he got yanked. He played bad. He played bad on the road mostly. So maybe that trend continues. I mean, he def, I mean, we put up 70 points on Texas Tech. I mean, we, we had, our, I mean, put up 48 on Oklahoma. So. I mean, Casey Thompson is an above-average quarterback, but you know, I, I didn't think all. I I think Adrian Martinez is kind of made out to be the scapegoat of all of Nebraska's problems. I mean, I'd put that much more on just. I mean, special teams for them was just horrific last year, uh, and you know, they just found ways to lose games. So uh, it's kind of they're kind of like the anti-Providence uh, from basketball this year. And Providence was a team that kept winning by like three or four points, and was like, <laughs> can they continue to defy the odds? Uh, it was the exact opposite uh, for Nebraska. So it'll be interesting. I don't. I'll be the first to admit, I don't have a great feel on them uh, preseason. Yeah, you know, Brad, it's, it's 
I feel good about him. I think the Northwestern is going to be terrible. I think Lane, the points of Nebraska, is going to be just fine at the 12 here. They're at home. They're fired up. They have the best recruiting in the West. Uh, Northwestern just, just has been a mess. And if you look down last year, losing to Duke like that, holy cow, this team is awful. And uh, for them to come back from that and have a decent season, I know they get better with, with uh, Coach over there. And uh, they, they, they tend to surprise sometimes, but it's just not this year. I think uh, – Starting off on the road at uh, Nebraska could really hurt them, especially with Mark Whipple, who can run the score up. So I like Nebraska. But that game is in Dublin, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's in Dublin, but it's still an away game for them. That's and, right. Uh, that's going to be an awesome game, by the way. Being in yeah, there. I so can't I'm wait. Really excited about that. Thanks for reminding me. I'm by the way, forward. I have one question. Uh, I kind of alluded to it, but do you think Ryan Holinsky is going to be the guy? Because, I mean, I, obviously I, I wouldn't want to back him if that's the case. Uh, I, I know they got two younger guys that are battling it out, but I just haven't heard a lot. Of, they're obviously not a very well-covered team. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hearing that he is, unless something has changed. Now, everything's happening now. So right. it, okay. so it could it should it could have changed. I do follow some beat writers for them, but um, I just don't think that uh, the guys that they have in could be any good. Too Brendan Sullivan, he was a redshirt freshman uh, last year. Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach, and that's the only thing that's kind of taken me a little bit. But this team was just brutal last year, and their defense move, was bad too. Yeah, and that's the weird thing about it. They're usually getting by at least with their defense. That didn't happen last year. And their recruiting obviously isn't good because they're Northwestern. You know, there's there's nothing they can do about that. Uh, Cam Porter is at least back at running back, so they should be at least a little bit better there. I mean, they beat Ohio, but we figured out Ohio was a terrible team last year. And they beat Rutgers at home, which was a terrible team. But, you know, the way they lost to Michigan State by double digits that very first game, um, Indiana State, I guess, yeah, count that a win if you want, but losing to Duke, uh, very pathetic last year. I just think that Nebraska's going to get some margin here, so that's my I'll, play. I'll say one more thing about that matchup. Obviously, Northwestern's weakness last year uh, was uh, was going up against the run. It, you know, Nebraska's best running back last year, just 4.4 yards per carry. And Mark Whipple, I mean, I don't know if you followed this, but Pat Narduzzi was like, you know, I don't know why Mark Whipple didn't run the ball more last year. So he can get a little pass happy. I'm just interested to see, you know, if he does try to take advantage of that supposed weakness and, you know, try to pound the ground game a little bit. That's not really his style, but I do think that that, you know, could lead to good things. I'm worried about the field, too. You know, who knows how it's going to be out in Dublin, right? That's yeah, exactly. like foreign place. That's, so. all, that's always a mystery. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's interesting. If it's not conducive to the pass, so that could be where maybe you would like Northwestern a little bit if that's the case. It's just right. that my power ratings have a five point discrepancy, meaning my number is seventeen and the number is twelve. I have to take it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just, even though even though it's early, it's just I just have to take it, or else I just didn't do my job correctly in my power ratings. So no, that's I the way. Hate that. Yeah, so but awesome stuff, Mike. Great job breaking all this stuff down. Where could our viewers and listeners great your great get your great information and your plays? Well, obviously, posting for the odds breakers every day. You can fry, uh, find my free play page there. Just go to theoddsbreakers.com. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing mostly baseball at this point. So if you just go to the MLB category, I'll be there. Uh, and you can also just choose me as your handicapper uh, on Twitter at Fordham Betting. Uh, I'm pretty active on there. And then, uh, like I said. I've also been more active on YouTube, uh, just Michael Fordham on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, uh, appreciate you having me on, Kiev. 
Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. Make sure you guys check out Michael. He had a fantastic year last year. I can just see all good things to come in the future. All right, now we're back for some fantasy football. Week zero still. <laughs> There's no games yet, but we are preparing you for your draft, your ever-important fantasy football draft, the most important thing that you can possibly do over the next 30 days, right, Dave? It is. Draft is key. That's going to build your team, and then that's going to build your future, too. For the That's going to bring you to the promised land. So definitely get a draft right. That and waivers and wires, how you win your leagues. Plus, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So yes. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, man. Fantasy football is here. I'm very excited, and we're going to go over the rest of our positional rankings. And um, we already talked about wide receivers. We already talked about running backs, and there's been some adjustments since preseason, to be honest with you. But we'll sum it all up when we do our sleeper draft in our first like two or three rounds what Dave and me like to do. We don't bore the hell out of you with a long draft, but when it comes to it in a couple of weeks, we'll do that before your draft. So, Dave, let's pick up where we left off. That would be the quarterbacks, my man. Let's do five and five till we get to yeah, maybe 15 or 20. Let's, let's get up to 20 here. And then if you have a sleeper, we'll go over the sleeper. But as of right now, I'm going to let you go first. All right, sounds good. Uh, number one, I got Josh Allen, uh, borderline MVP. Uh, lost a heartbreaker in the playoffs last year. He just played out of his mind in that game. Uh, I like him this year. Uh, they, they have most of their guys back. They're losing a couple receivers, but uh, Gabriel Davis is one of the sleepers I like at wide receiver. So moving Josh Allen up to number one. Uh, number two, Patty Mahomes. That's my boy. Uh, I always supported him since day one, since they drafted him. So uh, I'm going with him at number two, even though he's lost some receivers as well. I like Juju and some of the other replacements they got for him, and he looked good preseason game last week too. So I'm putting him at number two. Uh, I got a surprise here at number three. I got Justin Abair. Uh, I like him, the Chargers offense, up-and-coming offense, up-and-coming team. Uh, they got a couple tight ends they signed in the offseason. Uh, still have their, their receivers there, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. So definitely like him at number three. Uh, number four, Lamar Jackson. I look for him to bounce back this year. Uh, the, the, plus, his running skills are definitely get you points as well. So that's going to be a huge addition from Lamar Jackson. Uh, number five, I got Kyler Murray. Uh, he likes to rush the ball a lot as well. So they're definitely going to help him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins being out at the beginning of the year hurts him a little bit. But uh, I think with Marquise Brown there, they'll still be all right. So I'm putting him at five. All right. Good stuff. I disagree with Kyler Murray. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But pretty much same thing as you well close i mean i got josh allen number one i have justin herbert like you used to say in french a bear but uh, he's number two um number three patty mahomes so i think just a little bit of different order me and you but we both have josh allen from buffalo at number one number four kind of my first move up guy semi-sleeper joe burrow he's just been a stud lately man and now they picked up three top offensive linemen off the uh, off the waivers well actually free agents i should say not waivers to uh you know help protect him <laughs> I really free like joe Bur i like joe burrow there number five i've got lamar lamar jackson i think lamar jackson uh on that easy schedule for baltimore should be huge lots of rushing yards for lamar especially when it's not those no pp 
points per reception league, PPR, right? Half PPR, I still like Lamar a lot too. And then I'll go with number six through 10. Jalen Hurts, I have number six. For the same reasons as Lamar, but I just think that, you know, the Eagles have it pretty good. Easy schedule this year. Getting good a fair- line. And, yeah, very good line. And they got A.J. Brown now to go with Devontae Smith over there. Looking pretty good over there right now in Philly. Liking what they're doing. Dallas Godart, yeah. Um, number seven, I have Russell Wilson. How can you not? I mean, he did upgrade his team again this year. He's should be He should be solid. I see a very high floor with Russell Wilson, you know. Shouldn't be too many bagged like, games, no negatives, I don't think. He, he's always going to find some points for you. So I'm, I feel pretty good about Russell Wilson there at seven. It really considered him at six, too, Dave, to be honest with you. Uh, number eight, the guy that never ages, Tom Brady. Um, the, the dude just wins. You know, I mean, he had, what, 5,300 passing yards last year or something. Just every year you think it's just not going to be finally going to it's, it's finally going to die out. It just proves you wrong. So Age of wonder. It's crazy, man. Number nine, Dak Prescott. Love what Dak did. He was like a potential MVP candidate. I know they flaked out in the playoffs a bit, but, you know, uh, Dak is going to put up some points for you. And number 10. He's got no one to throw to. All his receivers are hurt or gone. Oh, you got Lee there, and they they got some good guys. And obviously that uh, stud tight end, Schultz, that was uh, extremely good last year. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. And you know what? Mari Cooper was just overrated, in my opinion. I think he, it was time for him to go anyway. So don't really uh, care too much about that. And they have some good draft picks there. And then I have Kyler Murray at number 10. So uh, Murray, I have him as seven. Not a lot. He was like the, the best through week seven. And after that, he was terrible last year. And I just got paid. What's that? He does fade every year. He did that the year before as well. He started out really high, and then he fades out down the stretch. Yeah, not a guy I want to bet against the first couple games necessarily unless, you know, it's really fat. But I think that, you know, that he's got a lot of questions. I, I think the fact that DeAndre Hopkins isn't there is a question. I know they got Marquise Brown, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, it's just it's, it just confuses me that, I think their line isn't quite as good as it should be. They lost a lot of defense. He's going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think it's fair at number 10. Like who you got 5 through 10, Dave? All right. I got six. I got Jalen Hurts. Uh, most of the same reasons you said. I think he takes a step forward this year, too, his second year starting. Uh, Joe Burrow, I do really like him. Uh, his appendix, though, uh, that's one reason I moved him down a couple notches. I do like Joe Burrow a lot, though. Uh, Joe Cool. Uh, the appendix thing, though, he just started practicing this week, though, so we'll see how he does uh, practice this week. So that's the only reason I downgraded him a little bit. Otherwise, I would have had him up a little higher. Uh, Tom, who's your Brady? Uh, number eight, just for all the reasons you said. Ageless Wonder just keeps putting up numbers. Uh, how can you bet against that guy? Uh, number nine, Russell Wilson, UW alum. He's on the Broncos. He's got more weapons now, better line, better D, uh, better all-around team he's on now, I think. I think he's going to put up some nice numbers there. Uh, I got Dak Prescott at number 10. Uh, I, I, his receiving core still scares me. Gallup's still out. Tolbert's a rookie. Uh, Lamb is the only guy that really has the throw to right now in Schultz. So yeah, I meant uh, to say Lamb, not Lee. Yeah. But dude, you're only having two spots from me. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Not, that's the reason I downgrade him, though. It's just uh, his receivers kind of worry me. There's no one to throw to, so that people are going to stack up on Schultz and Lamb. 
Uh, so it might, it might make it a little bit tougher on him. Well, Lamb uh, I'm going to keep going then. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely keep going. But I want to say that James Washington needs to come back too. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's up for a while, actually. Yeah, uh, he might. Yeah, he might even get cut. Maybe. <laughs> no, Jalen Tolbert needs to step it up for sure. And um, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Their receivers did take a hit a little bit last year, so I, I understand that. But I still think that he can throw and dump off to Pollard and to Zeke, and that's going to get you points. Why don't you uh, go ahead? All right, sounds good. And they have a guy named Simone Fadiki, Fadiko, uh, who's actually really surprised in camp. He actually might be a nice sleeper at wide receiver later rounds in dynasty leagues. Uh, just throwing that out there, just so, so you know. You mean Simi Fehoko? Simi Fehoko? Is that his yep. name? Yeah, it's got a really yep. weird name. Yeah. Yeah, he's a de- definitely a deep sleeper, but uh, definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, number 11, I got Trey Lance. Uh, his rushing ability, again, like him and Lamar. Uh, those guys, they're going to get you points on the ground, and definitely Lance is going to. And they love to run the ball already, too. So their offense is set up for him to, to blow up this year. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I got at 12. Uh, just keep an eye on that injury he has with his arm. Uh, but he put up nice numbers. Uh, they got a great offense, great head coach, Super Bowl winners, champs. So, hey, you can't go wrong with Matthew Stafford at 12. 13, I got A-Rod. Uh, MVP last two years, what can I say? That's all I need to say right there, MVP. <laughs> Kirk Cousins at 14. Uh, he's got good receivers, good line, good running back. So good all-around offense. So he's going to definitely put up numbers, too. He put up nice numbers the last two years. Kind of underrated, I think, actually, a little bit, to tell you the truth. Uh, and number 15, Derek Carr. Got him probably moved up a little higher than most people. With Adams there, I think he's going to take a next step now with Adams there as his old friend's old teammate. I noticed he didn't mention Tua, and that's kind of good because I think we both kind of not as high as everyone else. He's actually next on my list. He's yeah. next year. He is. He, he's, he's out. Spoiler, he's 16 for me too. But um, let's move on to my next ones. Matt Ryan, number 11. Um, I like that. On the Colts. Are you kidding me? And Jonathan Taylor catches passes too. Um, rejuvenated. He, he's got stuff going on over there. Frank Reich's a good coach. I think that's what he needed is finally get off that dead Atlanta Falcons team and get on a winning oh, team. And they have one of the best lines in the league. And, and the Falcons, he always had just terrible lines there all the time, too. Yeah, the offensive line is terrible on the Falcons. This is a massive. I have him as a sleeper, actually, because, you know, people are looking at him as 18 or 19. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of carries to uh, Taylor, but they got some they got some talent there, and they picked up some tight ends in the draft. So we'll see what happens with him. And I got A-Rod number 12. And you know, I mean, the dude just wins, but he doesn't. He, he does just enough to win. He's not blowing your fantasy doors off, except two like two games a year, he'll blow the fantasy doors off. But the rest is just kind of you know, I'm just, consistent. Yeah, yeah, he's consistent. Um, he'll he's got a, he's got the highest floor probably of any quarterback. I would say, you know, he's good for a touchdown or two. I think. And Watson did come back from the pup list uh, this week. Actually, is practicing now, so he's got another weapon too. This. Well, there you go. Um, number 14 or 13, I have, I think it's a 13 Kirk cousins, 13. Kirk cousins is next. Yeah. Cause, uh, Matt was 11. Aaron was 12, 13 was Kirk cousins. And he is got amazing receiver in Jefferson. Um, I mean, I, Thielen's going to be, yeah, Thielen's going to be very healthy this year, finally. And, uh, you gotta be happy about that, him coming back healthy. I mean, he was, he was, he put up some decent numbers 
with uh, you know Thielen being out most of that year, right? So Osborne took a big step last year. He's a he's a guy to look out for too in fantasy leagues. If anyone gets hurt on the Vikings, Osborne could be a nice sleeper pick. Yep, Osborne and Irv Smith is over there too. So yeah, keep your eyes on Osborne. Then I have Trey Lance, and uh, you know, I mean. Trey Lance, I, I guess I don't have him in bust potential, but I have him in you better prove something this year potential. You know, I mean, if it was Jimmy Garoppolo starting, I probably would have Jimmy Garoppolo above De- Zach, uh, Dak Prescott and probably right under Tom Brady. You know, it's just I, I don't I can't trust Trey Lance yet. So I have Trey Lance and 13, 14 and 15. I have Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford, you know, he's got some elbow issues, right? You hear that those reports, Dave? Yeah. But um, it's it could be just temporary. It's a little worrisome. I also don't love a quarterback that's never won a Super Bowl before, finally win one, and the year after. I'm not I'm not that excited about him the year after. You know, it's almost like this could be his kind of honeymoon vacation year. You know. Um, you know, he proved it. He got, he got it done. Congratulations. But you never know what's going to happen now. I'll just keep going through 20. Derek Carr, Derek Carr number 16. Um, God, he's got some hell of weapons over there with Adams now and Renfro. Hunter Renfro. And don't forget Waller, the baller, right? Exactly. Yeah, some very good weapons. And then 17, I have Tua. So, sorry, I thought I had two at 16. I have, I have two at 17. You better prove it too, Tua. He's a left-handed quarterback. Uh, I do like the coach, uh, one of Kyle Shanahan's uh, protégés, I guess you would say. And, you know, that that's really where the hype comes from is just the fact that Mike McDaniel was under Kyle, and Kyle said he's like one of the best offensive minds he's been around. Now that could just be saying to get his ass promoted. <laughs> you never know. But, uh, yeah, you got to like that. So, you know, Tua, I have him in a dynasty league, if you remember, so I'm kind of hoping Matty Ice and Tua do it for me in that league. Um, but you know, I, I think that's a fair spot for him. And then Justin Fields, I have, I'm really thinking about downgrading him a little bit too. And I hate to say that as a bear fan, but the bears are just really empty this year. Trevor Lawrence, I have next at 19 and I have James Winston at 20 and James Winston's just one of those guys I can't trust either. And what's funny is my number 21, uh, Tannehill's probably going to shoot right up to number 10 at some point in the season, but I still, I just don't trust Ryan Tannehill that much either, I guess. Who you got? All right. So uh, just a, just a note out there too, Zach Wilson, they did say he is going to be out two to four weeks. So when you are drafting, uh, just keep that in mind. So he's not going to be starting probably the first couple weeks of the season and he plays for the jets, but he did, they did, did add some nice weapons there. So definitely downgrade him on your draft boards. Maybe, only draft him as a backup in later rounds. I uh, just wanted to throw that out there about Zach. Wilson. Also, I skipped, uh, I skipped over Mac Jones. It's Tua, Mac Jones, then Justin Fields, then okay. Tre- then Trevor Lawrence. I don't know why I did that. Um, it, I'm looking at one of my older ones, so that's why. But that's adjusted. Mac Jones has got to be up there. I, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a solid quarterback. He's up-and-coming quarterback last year, even as a rookie. He did great. Who's, who's so I got 16. I got Tua. Uh, most of the same reasons. Two, I think, take a step forward. He's got some nice weapons now. Tariq, Jalen Waddle. Uh, they, they stacked up on running backs this offseason, too, in free agency. Uh, he's got some weapons now. And he already did already. And he's psyche at tight end. Uh, 17, I got Matt Ryan. I do like him for all the same reasons Kiev said. Uh, nice line. Good weapons. Taylor's there. Uh, he's going to he's gonna take a step forward even, I think, from the Falcons. He could have one of his better years, I think, there. Uh, even at his 
age of like I think he's 37. Uh, and then Trevor Lawrence, I got at 18. Uh, 19, Jameis Winston. He, he's New Orleans always has a good offense. Even with Champagne gone, I think they still have a good offense there. Uh, Camaro's there. They got Michael Thomas is coming back. He sounds like he's practicing again now. So uh, I do like him there. Uh, number 20, uh, I do have Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones at 20. Like I said, he's up and coming quarterback. He played well as a rookie last year. Uh, he's got Belichick as a head coach. He's gonna he's gonna coach him up right. Uh, they, they added a few rece- a nice rookie receiver there too that can help. Tyquan well. Thornton. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: the reason he's dropped in a lot of drafts is because his offensive coordinator's a mess. You know, they they lost McDaniel's. Obviously, I think Patricia's taken over some of those roles. Yeah, he's the man. Belichick's gonna split it. They said is what they were saying. Oh my god. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know how but Patricia's Patricia's even. a fine offensive coordinator. I feel still good about that. He was a defensive so. guy, wasn't he? Maybe he wasn't. was. I think. I think he does. He can do it all, though. Oh, he was bad in the Lions. I don't know. Well, whatever. I, I heard there's some uh, squamblings at camp a little bit, but that's that's why. So, um, just let's give a quick sleeper before we move on. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my boy Mitch Trubisky is the sleeper here, the deep sleeper. Um, you know, they, they, I see a lot of places have Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson ranked above him, Jared Goff. Why? I mean, you got a guy in the Steelers that has all those weapons, you know, and possibly some confidence. Now he, he's boom or complete bust because he might not even have his job. You know, it might go to Kenny Pickett, right? So, you know, Mitch, I, I'm going to have him as a sleeper, but he's a cautious sleeper. I like it. I was actually going to say one of my my deep sleepers is actually Kenny Pickett, but the sleeper that I really like, you might be shocked here, Baker Mayfield. I think the change of scenery, I think he's on a better team with better weapons now. He's got better receivers. He's got a better line. I think probably a borderline better defense as well. So uh, I like Baker on the Panthers. I, I know he's going to run away with that job once the season starts. So uh, he was injured most of last year. People didn't give him a fair shake. Uh, I like Baker this year as my sleeper. You must have been feeling dangerous when you woke up to. Uh, yeah, I did. I was feeling dangerous today, baby. To give to give that one out, Dave. <laughs> All right, let's go to tight ends, man. Uh, I'll start here, one through five. I mean, Travis Kelsey. I don't think there's going to be any disagreement there. Um, George Kittle, I have, and then, man, it, it was tough because I thought Dalton Schultz was really close for what he did last year, and the fact that the Cowboys don't have those receivers. Man, makes me really want to put Schultz at number two, Dave. So just letting you know that. I, I, I like it if you do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Okay. They're, they're gonna be, it's going to be like Mark Andrews on the Baltimore last year. Jackson had no one else to throw it to. So Mark Andrews is getting like 10, 15 targets a game, man. Yeah, dude. You, you might see a heavy dose of Dalton Schultz. And then Mark Andrews and then Darren Waller is what I have for my top five. How about you? I like it. I got one at Kelsey. Same reasons as you. He's, he's the number one guy still. Uh, two, I got Andrews. Uh, like I said, he he won me uh, some playoff games last year. He just had some monster games last year. He had like a 200-yard game and like a couple of times, and they had one 10-15 like, reception game. He just was a monster last year. Jackson has no one else to throw to, and he likes th- throwing to him. So got him at number two. Number three, I got Kyle Pitts. Uh, with Drake London maybe injured, Pitts is going to be the main guy there, I think. Uh, so we'll see when London comes back. He's banged up as well. Uh, they don't really have many other receivers there. So I'm liking Kyle Pitts at three just for the reason that he's going to get a lot of volume. Uh, four, I got Kittle. Uh, just like Kelsey, he's one of the top tight ends in the league. He's going to definitely get his touches as well. But with Lance, I don't know how much they're going to throw it as much with Lance. I think they're going to be running more with Lance, so that might downgrade him a little bit. Uh, five, I got Waller. If healthy, he's, he's a stud. 
Uh, it was really a toss-up between him and Schultz. I got Schultz at six, but he could be borderline five, though, too, as well. Sounds good. Why don't you go through six through ten? All right. Well, six, I had Schultz, like I said. Uh, but like I said, that's pretty interchangeable with Waller. He could be anywhere between four or five for Schultz because just like you said, those that's going to his way all the time. He's going to get a lot of volume and a lot of targets. Uh, seven, I got TJ Hawkinson. I think he has a better year this year. Uh, Goff liked to throw to him last year. He was banged up last year, had some injuries, but I think he comes back strong this year. Dallas Goddard, uh, with Hertz, Hertz gone now, I like him. I think he can have a, I think he's a breakout guy for me this year. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year, and Hertz is going to look at him a lot more. Uh, and then number nine, I got the guy he replaced, Zach Hertz. Uh, Kyle Murray used him down the stretch last year and a little bit in the playoffs as well. Uh, I do like him uh, at number nine. And then number 10, a little bit of a sleeper here, Dawson Knox. Uh, he came on gangbusters last year. There were like the first six, seven games of the year, and then he tail, tailed off a little bit. I think he had covert for a couple weeks there. I think he, got, he was banged up a little bit too, but uh, Josh Allen does looking for, like looking for him, especially in the red zone. So I do like Knox at 10. Knox. All right. Sounds good. So mine, I have two more, and then I hate tight ends after this to be honest <laughs> with you dave i have dallas godart at number six and tj hawkinson at number seven very similar you're not too far from them but i, I just don't like tight ends at all after these guys you know i almost I, know. I almost think it's just i i almost got like tier one tier two and then tier five <laughs> it's just, it's just, hey, one guy i do like that you like this this is my sleeper i'll just announce it right now cole comment he's my sleeper and he's one guy i really really do like because uh the Bears actually are just in shambles right now at wide receiver. Velas Jones is injured. Nikhil Harry, who they traded for, is injured. Uh, Pringle is injured now. I think the only healthy guy they have is Darnell Mooney and Komet. I got Komet like top 15-ish, um, but not as high as you, but you said sleeper. Let let me finish. I got Tanyan, to be honest with you, Dave. Um, nice. I have like him at number uh, eight. I think that Tanyan is as good as anybody else, especially when the Packers lost all those players. You know, I mean, Tanyan's coming back at least. So he's going to get a ton of balls, I think. I have Pat I, I have Pat Fryermuth at number nine yeah. from Pittsburgh. I think, you know, Mitch Trubisky needs a big target, and he's going to benefit there, and he's going to be the guy in Pittsburgh to get those receptions. I got Fryermuth. He had a great year last year. I have Dawson Knox as number 10, so that's fair. Um Zach Ertz at number 11, you know, it's Cardinals. We'll see what happens. And Kyle Pitts is number 12. Iowa is a bust, Dave. That's really my only bust. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 Mariota, I don't trust him throwing to anybody. <laughs> I think they're going to throw somebody, though. There's no one else there. Yeah, well, they're going to double team him. I mean, that's the problem. I don't like Atlanta as a team. I just, oh, anything from Atlanta just smells to me. So Desmond Ryder will be starting by week five or six anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that's that the Ritter. Yeah, I hope so. And I got Hunter Henry at number 13, and that was kind of like a ugh, we'll see. I have Austin Hooper as a sleeper. Um, he comes back like in, the, in the fold, but for Tennessee, I think you know, Tennessee sometimes big with their tight ends. Now that uh, AJ Brown's gone, I think Austin Hooper's gonna get more play. And he had a couple of really good years in Atlanta, if you remember, uh, with Manny Ice throwing him. And then I have Cole Komet at number 15. So that's how I pretty much is for me. Um, I, I'm glad you mentioned Komet. He could be really good. I think that Irv Smith could be really good. He's kind of a sleeper for me. And J Jelani Woods for Indianapolis is my sleeper. He's a rookie. And I think Jelani Woods is going to sneak in the number one spot and take a lot of passes this year, my man. I like it. I'll finish mine off. Number 11, have Pat Freemuth, the same reasons you said. 
Uh, he's a big target, second year in the league. I think he can come. He's going to come on his second year here. Cole Command, that's my sleepery pick here. At number twelve, I got him pretty high up still. Uh, Thirteen, I got Noah Font. Uh, I think whoever the quarterback is going to be for Seattle, they're going to need a safety blanket then too. And Noah Font's been looking awesome in camp so far too. So I like him at number thirteen. Uh, number fourteen. Uh, I do have Robert Tanyan as well. I think he could have a, a good bounce back year as long as he's healthy. He's pre- he just got activated off the PUP list and he's practicing again, so I do like him. Uh, number fifteen, I got Mike Kosecki, uh for the Dolphins. I think Tua is going to have a it's going to be a little bit more wide open offense with Daniels there. I think uh, they're going to get him the ball a little bit more too as well. And then as my sleeper, I got I like Irv Smith. Like you, I agree with Irv Smith, but my sleeper is going to be Gerald Everett. Uh, he's going to be on. He's on that fast paced. Uh, aired out offense of the Chargers. He's going to be their starting tight end. Uh, Jared Cook put up good numbers there when he was their starting tight end, and I like Gerald Everett as the starting tight end for the Chargers. Hmm, that's not a bad one. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see Everett there for sure. I'll make an adjustment there. Like what you said. Let's go to defense, and there's not much to say, so let's just do our top five, okay? So my top five is Buffalo, number one. Um, I just think they got that ball hawking defense that you need. And, you know, we'll see if Tua can get by them, but um, they still get to feast on the Jets either way. Number two, I have the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're old and they're thin, but at least for the first few weeks of the season, they should be really good. Um, Tampa Bay, number two. And to be honest with you, I've really thought about switching them up with number three, the Rams. The Rams are legit. Um, obviously, their defense was that good last year. And, they're just going to have a really hard schedule, but um, the Rams, number three. Uh, I, I, I think the Bucks have an easier way in the South than the Rams. Let's just, I do, yeah, let's, I uh, agree. Let's just face it. And that's why the 49ers are number four, too. And you got to throw the Niners in there, and they have a great defense themselves. And, you know, they always do, really. Uh, Fred Warner and just a bunch of beasts on that team, Bosa's. And then you got uh, Denver at number five, Dave. So that's what I kind of have. And then you can just pick your poison. The Saints, Browns, and Patriots are kind of next. And, you know. Yeah, they're all usually in that, in that path right there. Yeah. Uh, one, my sleeper that I like this year, I'll go out. I have a surprise sleeper here. But uh, go over my first five first. Uh, Bills and Tampa Bay Bucks, same as you. Same reasons as well. Uh, schedules. And then the Bills, like you said, they're going to be playing the Jets. So uh, they got kind of a little bit of a cake schedule. Uh, 49ers, I got a third. Uh, like you said, they have always a pretty solid D. They got a couple of young guys on defense as well, and they have some good linebackers too, so I do like that defense. Colts at four. Uh, same thing. They have good defense, good defensive line. They've added a couple of rookies too on that defensive line, so I do like that. They have a good secondary as well. Uh, number five, a little bit of a surprise, I have the Patriots. Belichick always, for somehow, in some way, always has a great defense. And they always produce turnovers, too, and they have good cornerbacks all the time. So you can't ever bet against the Belichick defense. So I'm going with Patriots at five. And my sleeper pick is the Packers. Go Pack. Uh, they got some nice young guys they drafted in the first couple rounds on defense, Watt, and, and then Walker. So uh, I, like, I like them on defense this year. They, they won the top defense last year, and they're only going to get better. And they got Jari Alexander back, too, as well. So they can be really tough on defense this year. My sleeper on defense is the Vikings. Um, they're going to be able to feast on the Bears and the Lions a little bit, and they might have it tough against the Packers. But you know that could be a methodical game too, where you're not giving up a lot of points on either side. So yeah, I, I think the Vikings got a lot of great draft picks um, themselves. So that's interesting, and I think the 
New York Giants really improved their D. I'm not going to draft them probably, but I'm going to keep my eye on them. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that this year, unless you have Buffalo, Tampa, the Rams, and the Niners, and maybe the Saints in Denver, I think it's just defense by committee. You know, try to find the guy, the one on waivers that's playing the Houston Texans, the Bears, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, and uh, uh, the the Falcons, you know. Yeah, it's just... Uh, that's going to be your best way to win uh, those games, I think. You know, pick yeah, the Cowboys and Ravens are going to be up there all the time, too. And the Dolphins came on last year as a defense, too. So, yeah, it's a crapshoot, though, on defense. Even the Chargers are supposed to be higher ranked, too. They're supposed to be a top 10 team this year on defense, too. So, you never know. You just got to play the odds and just play the matchups. Yeah, and my top two kickers are obviously Justin Tucker, who just got a $24 million with Baltimore, and Evan McPherson, number two, with Cincinnati, who just kicked a 58-yard field goal in preseason. McPherson, baby. He's awesome. He is awesome. Well, that's it. That's it, man. That's all we got for today. Next week, what we're going to do is go into some dynasty rookie rankings. I know a lot of your dynasty drafts probably drafted, but the smart ones actually keep it to the end so you can get through uh, at least preseason and training camp to find out who's really the good dynasty to pick up when you're in a league as far as these rookies. So Dave and I are going to cover that. Anything else, Dave, before we go? I got to get my kickers. You never get a chance to say my kickers, man. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you just agreed and you're good. Okay. Uh, I got Justin Tucker, Tyler Bass, Evan McPherson, who I really like. Uh, Maggie is my number four, and then Carlson is five. And then my sleeper is going to be Cade York, a rookie for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he's been just looking awesome in the preseason, so uh, he's the guy I really like as a sleeper for my kicker. Yeah, that's only that's why I only gave out two kickers, Dave, because that's how much I care about <laughs> kickers. <real> quick. <laughs> that's fair enough, my man. Awesome. Well, sounds good, Dave. Thanks so much for coming on. Let's uh, get into our drafts. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Ozbreakers. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week and go get some winners.